All right, welcome to another episode of Gallery Radio. Today's guest, we have MC, DJ, B-Boy, and a man who shared the stage with hip-hop royalty such as De La Soul, KRS-One, Ferrer March, and many, many others. We've got Mike Word in the virtual Ooh. building. Mike, how are you doing today? Peace, peace. What's up, world? Thanks for taking the time out to sit down and chat with us. Muchly appreciated. Talk to us about your journey into music and the creative arts in general, because you are a man of many talents. It began when I was 10. I went to, I remember went downtown Denver to this place called the Tabor Center. I bought Snoop Dogg, <laughs> Doggy <Yeah>. Styles. <laughs> That's a start. Yeah, right, at 10 years old. <laughs> so that was, that was, you know, my, my first little purchase. And then from, from there, <laughs> uh, you know, it took me another probably seven, eight years to realize that, you know, it was a culture that I could participate in. I just thought I was a listener after, you know, the first young, impressionable years. I actually went to college in the Northwest, in Seattle. I had, a, I had my best friend in high school, rest in peace, Kevin Poto. He wrote P-O-T-O, -O, that was his graffiti name. And he was all into the, to the arts and I kind of was sleeping on him. I was a, you know, I was an athlete in high school. And as soon as I left for college, you know, that all changed. I was exposed to the culture in the, in the Northwest. I just, I fell in love. You know, I didn't get a college uh, basketball scholarship on the All-State team. I was the one guy that was, had no offers. And I was like, this, I had the like second best stats in the state. So, you know, none of that made any sense. That's crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. So, you know, I went to, went to school in Seattle on like just academic and diversity scholarships and was exposed, you know, there's a big scene out there, poetry scene and accessing the internet on a whole new level. You know, I, I discovered hieroglyphics.com, you know. And yeah, and I, I just started mobbing the city, digging, digging for records and CDs and listening to KRS-One and Gangstar and, you know, that was kind of my start. I, I felt real, you know, empowered because now I'm not playing basketball. I needed somewhere to outlet my energy and, you know, discovering that rap was more than just rap. It was this whole arts movement. Uh, you know, I was, I was exposed to the break-in scene, B-boys, B-girls. I was drawn to that. You know, realizing it was a whole culture and there was all these different elements involved to it. And, and being that I, I was plugging in, what was I talented at already? I was, you know, in high school, I was a people person. A lot, everyone knew me. I mingled everybody. I was like a politician almost, you know? I was, I was on the, you know, student council and all this stuff. So I was like, all right, I could be an MC. I think I could, I could rap, you know, I could, I could represent for the people. And for me to do that, I, I, I felt like I had to do everything. Learn how to write graffiti. You know, I had to break, I had to dig for records. I, you know, make beats just so that I felt qualified to get on the stage and rap. Now that's dope that you just threw yourself into all the elements of hip-hop basically instead of just being satisfied with being a rapper you're like nah i'm gonna do this all the way so no one can say i'm an outsider right. coming into this yeah that's how i felt i could qualify myself you know to be a spokesperson for the culture for the movement for the communities what was it like then and how has the internet and hip-hop specifically underground him up on the internet changed since then. Yeah, then it was like only the hieroglyphics <laughs> had, a, had a, you know, like a website and 
it was Napster back then and all those things, you know. It's wow. like it's like a yeah, it was it was a trip. It was like a very new thing and um it was like mysterious, you know, how how do you get music onto the internet? I could find these secret archives on there at that point, you know, at that time. It felt like I was tapping into some like unknown relic. Yeah. And then now, you know, it's like the internet is how I got my music, you know, out and not have to be in like some big studio or something, you know, and have to get your stuff placed on the radio somewhere. That was, you know, from then to now, it's like, a, it's just opened the whole game up. And half the rappers that are famous now that be getting, you know, they be like charging hundreds of thousands of dollars for shows and whatnot. They got, they start on SoundCloud and things like that. So it's just like, <laughs> yeah, you, you know, it's like we kind of sensed it, but I think because I can't, I have one foot in analog and one foot in digital, it was a little different. There was like rules back then where it's like, you can't, you can't get put on on the internet and you can't even make your beats on the internet. You know, now it's like right. you can download programs on the internet. If you did that when I started, nobody took you serious. They thought you was, you wasn't really about the craft until you know, I guess like cast like ninth, ninth wonder, right? He was like, I'm using Fruity Loops and it started to become more acceptable. It, it was less about what equipment and, and how you were doing it and, and more about what was coming out of it, you know? It's yeah. like, and that's kind of how I look at it now. That's, it's like, yeah, it's not, it's, it's not what you're using anymore. It's just how you use this, the tools that we have. Do you think the access is the same now as far as like artists getting on, being able to kind of find a foothold? To be honest, I, I'm like an outsider with it all. So I still feel like there's gatekeepers, you know, in the industry. You know, they're monitoring the internet now and those individuals that really, you know, have a career that explodes in music, they're still having to rub shoulders right. with these people that have industry connections, whether if they're actually they're, in they're the industry. In. Yeah, they're still let in. I think it's actually, I think there's less access because you have to have a certain presence online. And if yep. you could be a dope yep. artist, but your presence is just weak online and the industry's just not gonna let you in. I've spoken about the underground's trajectory in the real world, mirroring the underground's trajectory on the internet. Because at the beginning, my experience personally, but also what I saw was that the internet was like this kind of wild west, no rules type of space that was the same as like slinging tapes and on the corner right. and you know just like getting in where you can and doing stuff and then being able to blow up off of that right but then once that gained traction the industry kind of jumped on it and was like wait this is happening over here the same way they jumped on hip-hop in the early ages right. and the underground in the early days and then twisted it into something that is now not the same type of space as it started off you know it's kind of like yeah man gentrification in a sense of the of the process and of the art form that's deep because you know I, I make it makes me think about the living legends you know that mm -hmm. i was in the wild west with it pushing your tapes and getting building a fan base all organically the homie eli i just seen him he he made a comment the other day like he was sad about his music because he don't have a lot of uh, distribution and reach as he could have had and it's a trip and I and because I, I was like man you got thousands of people checking for you you know when you 
him and Grouse just put out a record and it's like, I'm sure they made some good money. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, mm-hmm. man, we barely raised enough money for me to, you know, pay, pay part of my surgery. You know what I mean? So in my head, right. I was like, why? Why are you sad? But now, but that yeah. makes sense that you say that because there's a ceiling on, yeah. online for even cats that are like worldwide famous, like Eli. Yeah. You know, so it's like, okay. Yep. Yeah. Again, it's, it's essentially gentrification. Yeah. Where it's like the people that created what exists are unable to profit once it becomes profitable. Man, it's weird. Yeah. I'm Becky, and these were my business tips from Black Rappers. Let me explain this for stupid people who didn't bother to look at my PowerPoint. It's racism and it's economic injustice that we never corrected from slavery. And I have solution. So maybe don't dilute this moment to be about everything and stay focused. Stay focused. I'm a pro. Or maybe just like talking. Which is weird though. My brothers say let her rip If there's a script that make it flip He's softer than a fella's tip Snack on him like kettle chips No clock for the rhetoric I'm on time with the predicate You online with no etiquette You in line, I'm ahead of it I'm about mine, there's a fine line Between fine wine and that other shit You didn't eat from my mother's tip They missed me with that brother shit Now walk, that don't penetrate nothing I know I catch slugs with my molars Got vanity in the glow Insanity with the flow Sweeter than that grenadine You toe-to-toe with a pro Stronger than that ketamine You blow to blow with the flow Watch out down below. Now niggas might react yeah. when I reach back yeah. like a mean Mac and a clean crack. Bring the fiends back, watch them peel back like a sleep stack Ooh. with the ass cap and the sea stack. Uh. Slaughter uh. and a meat pack. Uh. There's no lies, uh. can't cheat facts. Uh. My feedback uh. when I weed whack. Nigga, nigga. Yes, I'm calling myself Becky. I'm taking the power out of the word by owning it myself. Smart people taught me that. <laughs> Never off the beat rack with the deep raps, never Y'all ain't seen that, catch the recap, never Rewind the beat back, all that beef swag, never Where y'all be at, not the beat at, never If you ain't mean that, why you seek that, never Why lie even when you meet facts, never It's about time for them deep hacks, never It's about time you put on that thick cap, never That kind you get out that tree set, never That kind black minds release that, never shared the stage with some big names of the culture. I'm guessing that you you were inspired by these guys, you listened to their catalogs, and you found yourself sharing breathing space with them on stage. Talk through that experience. How was that like? Strangely enough, I'm like, 
eh, it's whatever, you know, they're, they're homies <laughs> like me, you know. Yeah, I, I rub the shoulders with all these greats and I've been on stage with them. I've been in small rooms with them. I've been, you know, I've done freestyle sessions in front of a bunch of people. And if it were to, you know, make sense, I probably should be famous like them because I'm I'm unfamous. Yeah. It is what it is. I am, I'm grateful and I'm honored. So it was more of like, dope, I'm getting to be, uh, you know, in these learning situations. And that, you know, that's why I went to every show I went to. After I turned, you know, I was 17, 18 years old, I didn't go to shows as a fan. I went to shows as a student, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. That's how I got my doctorate in rocking shit, you know what I mean? Like, like comments. <laughs> it's just from, from being around all these cats and just learning the traits. It's, I, I, it's fun, you know, it's fun to, to get to sharpen your skills that way, you know, because I know a lot of people don't ever get that opportunity. They just they got to go look on, look up on the stage all the time. And that's all they get. You know, I was blessed to be share the stage with pretty much everybody you could think of. That's, you know, a hands down legend. Is there a particular experience with one of said legends that sticks out in your mind? For, you know, being on stage, freestyling with KRS-One. That's pretty intense, you know. Uh, you know, I, my first show, you know, I think we heard Common talk about like, the first time seeing Karras one rock a lot, you know. That that's a real that was an experience. That was a real thing. I didn't I was I didn't smoke no weed, I had no drug, no alcohol in my system. And I was at the first time I went to Karras one show and I was like hallucinating. It was crazy. And that was just being in the crowd. So then you know have such an impact like that on me and then be able to, you know, several years after that, be on stage, like freestyling with the man is pretty, pretty cool. I'm not, I think Kara's one is a weird dude, you know what I mean? So, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't agree with all his stuff or anything, yeah. but just yeah. in, in terms of, you know, cultural impact is it's impactful. That was an impactful one. I, another one I think we opened up for De La Soul, my crew, Soul, uh, Soul Pros. I had a crew, Soul Pros, big up uh, DJ AL and Pablo Key. But we opened up for De La Soul once, and that was probably one of the biggest shows we ever did. That was uh, impactful too. We was definitely had the bar up there for, for them to get on stage. And then another one, sorry, you asked for one, I got three. The, <laughs> the first show that I ever did with my with the crew, Soul, Soul Pros, we opened up for Public Enemy. Ooh. And we weren't on the bill. Dang. We were not, That's we were big. not on the bill. We were not on the bill. One of my little bros, uh, DJ Cavum, he was actually on the bill and he couldn't make it to the show. And we happened to be in the area and he hit me up like, yo, can you go over to this venue and, you know, take my place? Wow. And so, wow. so we technically bum rushed the PE show, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and that was our first ever, you know, thing as a crew, you know, the, th the trio that we were. So that was pretty, that was pretty memorable too. On several shows uh, you know, of episodes of the Gallery Radio Show, we've spoken about the difference between fans and listeners. You brought up something that we haven't talked about. You know, you've got your fans, you've got your listeners. You said you were going to shows and events as a student. You were studying. Right. So what is the difference between a student of any art or culture versus a fan or a listener or even a supporter. It's that, you know, being a practitioner of it. It's like actually doing what those things are in my eyes, you know. You know, what that looked like for me was writing my name on graffiti on the wall. You know, so, all right, I need to, right. 
I got to go get fat markers and spray cans and, <laughs> yeah. you know, Sharpies and, and pay some dues. I got arrested, right. you know, with a Sharpie. Yeah. I didn't even have none of my big tools. I had a little Sharpie and got put in jail <laughs> once for, you know, writing, writing on a wall. That's a school marker. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's like, but just being willing to put yourself on the line to learn these things, you know, that's, I think, what it takes, you know? And I went to Red Bull Beat Writers, right? I had some political connection to why I was to be able to be one of those 30 dancers that got invited, you know, taking Crazy Legs class. I've jacked my knee up and it ain't never been the same since, you know? So yeah. being willing to put yourself on the line for the culture or for your, for your, you know, your craft, that's what separates a student from just a spectator, onlooker, supporter. It's blood, sweat, and tears literally yeah. have been contributed so that I can, you know, make yeah. make records and develop yeah. develop community. You know, it's like yeah. I didn't go to my I didn't go to my um class reunion, my ten year class reunion. I'm the I'm part of student council, supposed to help organize a thing, <laughs> and I was organizing a breaking event right. that now has a life of its own. And it still happens, and I don't even have anything to do with planning anymore. You know, so. I was I was comparing being a student to a fan or a listener, but you know, hearing you speak about it, even there's even a difference between a student and a participant. Right, you know? right, a practitioner. Yes, you're you've right. Got people Damn. that participate in it that aren't really studying it. Right. You know, and I, and I feel like there's a lot of a lot of artists, definitely in music, but in other areas of art as well, and especially now, who do the thing but they don't really care about it in the way that a student Yeah, that's deep. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's wild. I met a lot of a lot of our legends that kind of be on that vibe. Be like, yep, yeah, that's, absolutely. Whoa, that's weird, okay. So one thing I've really found interesting during these interviews is everyone's individual journeys into joining the gallery. Talk us through how you got connected with the gallery. Did you know Anacron beforehand, before joining the group? I, I knew a lot of Anacron's brothers and sisters from, you know, the beginning. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Anacron had a song, Unfamous. Hey. And it just speaks so deep to me because, um, you know, that's that was kind of, this has been my path. And I didn't intentionally want, you know, make it that way, whereas I'm this dude that's in behind the scenes and connecting all these artists and rubbing shoulders with all the greats and not actually put into the category with them. You know, I would go to like Rocksteady Anniversary and start to see the underground celebrities, but I was noticing the politics of, you know, even in the underground circus, there was like this celebrityism. And if you didn't vibe or you didn't get the pass from one of them folks to be a part of a sub-tribe or whatever, and you kind of felt like an outsider. And so that's kind of how I felt. Like every scene, even my own, I would be, I'm building the community in Denver and just wherever I would go, it seemed to be like I was the eye of the storm. Like I'm the middle of everything, but also like on the, on the outskirts, like on the edge. It is a natural progression. I was doing some music with a brother named Dials in New Mexico. Big up Dials. Yep, Dials. I found myself wherever I would go, like I was at the Rocksteady anniversaries, and I'd meet all these other cats that were even way doper than the celebrity cats. More more well-rounded artists, you know, whether, you know, whatever their discipline may be, it was if they was breaking or just emceeing, making beats. I've discovered this whole other underbelly of the underground that I, I felt like I was a part of. And so, you know, that's how I linked with Dials, and you know, ultimately that's how I met Anacron. You know, to learn the history of Anacron and just, to me, like, Anacron is like the older version of me. 
just putting crews together and doing all kind of stuff. They're part of all kind of movements, you know, no one even knows. And it was just, it's been such a blessing that to find a home inside of our movement. I was kind of convinced that I'm just gonna be this Lone Ranger cat forever and just not really have any type of real home. This changed the, my, my heart, you know, my soul around this art and yeah, it gave me a, a sense of belonging, which is, I think we all kind of need that on some level. So I'm, I'm forever grateful for Anacron and for Dials connecting us. And yeah, I could get all emotional and start crying right now about this stuff. What's <laughs> <laughs> that? All right, we're going to keep it light. Yeah. You know, keep the spirits yeah. high. Yeah. <laughs> so I, when I cry, it's because I'm, I'm happy. It's, I'm moved by it. So that's what makes me. Black and broke in America, they don't like that Not stroking America's cock, they fight that Now who's the heathen? That's why it's bacon in the streets All up in them guts, leave you naked with the peace yep. Soon as the hatred for police surpasses the masses Got them shaking in they sleep, we done I got no patience for the beast The mayor of my city spirit's faking when he speaks a money puppet, yanking on the strings His daddy Warbucks with the fakest on his team Uncle Sam and Lady Liberty, banking on a scheme We're torn in factions while they raking in the cream More than that though, they dishing out the mind states The media eating your brains is crazy sideways Out of fear, ignorance justifies the genocide I wonder how much longer we're all gonna let it slide Demonize the victim if they black Non-white or broke, yo, that's how the system acts a bald eagle's got more protection than my people Building more prisons than schools, these fools is evil You heard me on the sax Now I'm finna school you fool, you're learning all the facts Ignorance is bliss only until you gotta face it Wasted places in society being complacent Your mind lamenting growth While time is getting short You're trying to sit and gloat Talking about you didn't vote Bruh Miss me with that silliness Really it's ironic your own willingness is killing this Justified as villainous is Trump and his affiliates To dumb me down you really need some accountability Looking like whatever I'm out here taking measures that I can to make it better Come together so we don't come up so like a dachshund If slavery's a choice and laziness is not an option And that's the moral cuss And that's exactly why I'm an ambassador for us feel like you've achieved a whole lot in your you know you look at your resume man you've done a whole lot that most people who are trying to get into music are like dreaming of doing you've done a lot of those things right and yet and still you're not completely or fully recognized by a lot of people so my question is why is acknowledgement important first of all and then secondly what can people do to better acknowledge artists and creators I, I would say that the, the reason why I uh, I feel that the recognition is important, it's it's just a matter of, it's part of our ethics, you know, like we came up, we came up on here and KRS-One said, I don't need a check, just give me respect, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. 
just wanting to feel respected by your peers for, you know, all the blood, sweat and tears that you put in is a part of it. Again, I've, I've experienced few and far between. And another reason why I'm so gracious to be a part of the gallery, it provided that for me, you know, that oh, there are counterparts and peers that respect me and see and see me and my work. And then another part of that is I got four kids, you know, it's, I, I put a lot of energy into this. I, I put a lot of energy and helped a lot of other people's children, you know, develop confidence and awareness of the, the world. So, I, you know, I feel like I've provided a lot of value. Uh, and if you were to try to translate that in money, it's millions. Yeah. There's not enough money that could pay me for how much value I've provided to the world. It'd be nice to, you know, ha have it translate so I, I could take care of my children and, you know, have a legacy for them. That's That's been a tricky part that I haven't actually realized. What can people do to better acknowledge uh, creators and artists? Yeah, um... Pay them. <laughs> pay them good. Like, we mentioned it earlier, you know, this, there's these, like, SoundCloud rappers and cast that aren't, you know, they, they kind of shucking and jiving, cooning or whatever you want to say, you know, like black facing yeah. it out there on the online and they get, they demand high dollar. It's backwards to me, you know, it's just backwards. Yeah. If we want to have a sustainable culture and have, you know, generations to come be able to live on this planet in a halfway functional way, you know, more of the artists like myself and Anacron and just like people that are actually talking about something and care about people and like to see people live healthy lives to be on them right. platforms, you know, getting paid sustainable amounts, you know, regenerative amounts, not even sustainable, regenerative amounts where we're able to continue our work and, and expand on it. I mean, that's an excellent point. I was literally just thinking the other day, there are so many people, particularly online and like on social media and all this stuff where it's kind of like, image-based narcissism is the thing it's like so many people talk about wellness and health and growth and development and all of these things that are important to living a sustainable and impactful life filled with purpose mm -hmm. but then they turn around and they support the most ignorant it's crazy music and recording artists and i'm just like wait how are you living all of those things yeah you're living all of those things you claim and pursuing all these things you claim but then you turn around and you give your money to people and companies and yeah. whatever it might be that are literally the opposite of the thing that you say you're doing it's like do you really want that or are you just saying that because it looks and sounds good because if you really want that you're not taking the steps that would make those things the norm Right. You know, because right now, those all of those good things are not the norm right now. There is fatty right now. It is like, it's like, a, it's cool now, kind of. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's not the norm. You're right. It's just like, yep. it's weird. It's a trendy thing. It's like, kind of like the protest culture now. You know, it's just like, man, we was, we was in the streets. We was in the streets man. banging, man. Like, bro, I was breaking. Riots, and like, I was out there. You know what I mean? We was like. We was really in the mix, like, yeah. when it was not cool, it was scary. Like, I'm gonna be on some government list now that I was at this, Serious. you know what I mean? And now it's kind of like, it's a fatty thing. And that's, a, yeah, it's the same thing with wellness and health and all that, I'm like. Exactly. Yeah, I'm gonna know what this, y'all are real when y'all start funking with people like myself, you know, for real. Exactly. In regards to your two gallery projects, EP01, EP02, lows of 
gallery features on both projects. Was it easy handpicking who you wanted on each project? You know, I didn't even handpick anybody. Anacron handled it. He a and r the whole uh, effort. It just, it just goes to show how Kron is just like, he's a beast, man. You know, Anacron is not human. I don't think you're human, Anacron. I think you, <laughs> you for, for real. It's just the capacity that Kron has to support other people while he still is, you know, doing his own thing is just, I, it's unprecedented. You know, I haven't, ne I've never seen anybody do that like, like Kron does it. So yeah, he shared the vision with me for the projects. You know, if, if it wasn't for him, they wouldn't happen. So he gathered everybody. It just goes to show the level of respect that everybody has for Anacron, where, you know, half the brothers on the project and even the sister that did the art, they didn't know me. Just off the strength of Kron being like, look, this is my, my homie right here. We got, we got to make this happen for him. Uh, it happened. And we did two projects and we almost did three in a very short time. One of those, we were, we raised some funds cause I had to get a surgery. So it was, you know, it's, Kron is the man. A&R Kron. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> hey, uh, shout out to A&R Kron. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, the lady that did your cover art, shout out to Stephanie Costello. Stephanie, yeah. Steph She's dope. We just, we just interviewed her yeah, last week. Really? Yeah, yeah. Last week. So when you guys got in touch in regards to designing your cover art, did you have something in mind or do you just... Boom, you've got creative freedom with something, I trust you. Yeah, I think she may have even had those in her her files already. Kron probably know more about if she actually cooked that up for us. Mike Ward's first EP was the first full, like, multiple gallery members from multiple chapters around the world, like, oh, wow. lending their skills. Like, that was the first one in, like, a decade, maybe. And so just because of the nature of that, I thought about her artwork because her artwork has that it's worldly. compilation look. It looks like mm. a collage, even though it's all, you know, it's original images, but it yeah. looks like a collage. Because yeah. of that, I was like, yo, Steph's art would be like a really good representation of this. So when I hit her up, I just asked her, like, does she have anything that would fit? So she yeah. showed me a few things and then we, she and I decided on the one. It's dope, and it, it does. It fits perfect with the records because they they are like kind of compilative in a way, and um, and it, it, it has a, a, a '90s kind of root into it, but yeah, yeah. but it's still yeah. like new. You know, it don't really sound yeah, like the '90s. Yeah, yeah, and and it's that black and white contrast. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It just kind of kind of remind me of like kind of the Masonic thing with the checkered floors, you know. And we kind of are on that level. We like, if you should, you ask me, hip hop got see all these yep. secret societies and like type of Masonic orders of our own. And you know, I've even had that knowledge dropped on me from Zulu Gremlin and B-Boy Fresh from LA Breakers, you know, so. Is there a particular record on those two projects that you have a very special place in your heart? The one that me and Kron recorded together mm. where he's playing horns on it. That's special because we did that at Kron's house in LA. In the kitchen. Yeah, in the kitchen. That was <laughs> yeah, so that, that was fresh, and then you know, and I like the one with um, I, you know, it's hard to pick, but the one that we, me and Kron did, that's special to me, you know, for sure. It's a meaningful track. Yeah, too. very meaningful. Yeah, Black is the title of it, which is crazy because the you had a, a song called Black on the first one with Illuminati Congo. Right with Congo, because that was that was one of the first ones we actually 
uh, recording yeah. did. And that was over DJ Shiro's beat, a.k.a. Voltage Controller. Yeah, and he's a, a wizard, so... Literally. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah. Literally. Keep it rhyming. Keep it rhyming. Keep it rhyming. Never died, never born, beyond form Riding on the storm, got a buzzing like a swarm I knew not key, Elohim upon the sunbeam From the unseen, come from the one beam Multitudinous, healthy rudiments Super nutrients and two or fifth dimension jubilant You convinced by the displays and dismay And by my word, this world was made Co-breakers, co-creators Outdated, old modes I ate up We came up through flames, we dripped down Out the dark, rhythm of the heart, pull strings on the harp. Everything comes from blood. Eventually it all goes back. Nothing to add or subtract. The cosmic threat expands and contracts. Everything comes from black. Eventually it all goes back. Nothing to add or subtract. The cosmic threat expands and contracts. Yeah. Yeah, from triple dark I ripple thoughts through the biosphere Life is mirrors, reflect light through the highest tears Shine bright in the IRI, I is here Live and direct in effect, minus fear In the present tense, my sentiments from the eye dear I'm a near, call away, yo, then I'll be there I might be square, but my cypher strong might be rare That reminds me, whatever I be, I swear rhymes be bare Bottom, raw on them, got them slightly paired I'm prepared like Noah, you won't find me scared Although I might be cared for by my wifey fair as I be stairs, keep my eyes beamed I see players from the outside, but they outright be in there Nothing like the style mind reads from an air Something like how you find peace and despair Decent release and awareness of my recent affairs Everything come from blood Eventually it all goes back Nothing to add or subtract The cosmic threat expands and contracts You know, you said you was on student council, you know, you was on a basketball, on the basketball team. I know that's a, a large, largely about like community being successful there. Yeah. You know, you was essentially a hood politician of sorts. Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, what people skills have been most important in finding your space and successes in hip hop and music and in culture in general? What's worked for me for the little bits of victories that I can celebrate in this because you know i can go on and on about how it's rough uh-huh. but um the, the victories i would say come from just me uh learning to be an authentic person i don't know if my you know being the hood politician it did i think it did help i did always care about people you know and if i was front it wasn't on purpose 
So the more that I became self-aware, I hold being authentic as a high value. And, you know, that's allowed me to build relationships with people like you, Anacron, and the legacy that I do have in this uh, music movement. You know, it's because of, it's a genuine vibe, it's a genuine energy, which the industry doesn't feel that stuff, you know. And even just to sell records, that's not really how it works. But it's not the thing that people are interested in. Right. Or at least the thing that, that's marketed, I should Yeah, say. it's not a, a big marketing angle that you could really take. And, you know, some people kind of use it. Like uh, Toby, that dude Toby from Houston, he's like, he blew up and his whole thing is right, make purpose popular or whatever. That's his little slogan. And he's, you know, he got this authentic image. But, um, you know, it's few and far between and it's a very niche thing. Yeah, being just a genuine person, that's kind of how you can hear it in my music. Yeah. You can't really say I sound like anybody else. Some people can hear my influences. You know, sometimes people go, you sound like the other fucking homo sapien. Or when they really listen, you'd be like, nah, you don't sound like nobody. How do we sell this? <laughs> <laughs> All right. And I got to I gotta say, you know, Steph, Stephanie Costello gave us four pieces of art. So that means we got two more we got gallery two more to, go. to complete. Hey, let's get it. Hey. Let's, you already know. Speaking of which, what do you have coming up? Yeah. Whatever. What's, yeah. what's what's going on? Where can people find you? How can they support you? You know, I got the micword.com. There's definitely a lot of music on there from the past. And then I got two projects, actually, that are close to being finished. I got one with a brother. Oh, snap. Yeah, my, my boy named Quest, K-W-E-S-T. He's got a studio. He's from Switzerland, but he's in the same area I am. And we've done a couple projects, but this this next one coming up is called Wizard. And uh, one of the gallery members, Congo's on that project oh. too. And then I got another project called Altitudes. It's a kind of it's a crew that I'm in formation with with a brother of mine named Ekum, uh, which is Mike backwards. And Ekum is a, from the Apache Nation. Uh, Ooh, yeah, okay. yeah. So he's he's a part of a crew called Potency. P O dot ten dot C E E. They hate to draw the comparison, but they're like the Wu-Tang of the Taos Pueblo. There's like eight or nine of them. And Taos Pueblo is a unique uh, area because they never were colonized. Technically, you know, they're assimilated into American culture, but politically, they never got colonized. That's and so, yeah, so they got a real strong legacy. And I'm kind of, I'm honored to be a part of their their movement, too, and, you know, be able to build with my boy Mike on this uh, Altitudes project, uh, Apache, you know, representing Apache Nation and stuff. So, And, of course, for the listeners, man, you can catch Mike Word's gallery works and, and link to other stuff he's working on as well via the website pntg.net. Scroll down, find his picture, it says Mike Word, click on it, it'll take you to his band camp where the EP one and two are, as well as some other previous Mike Word releases. Yeah, and we spell Mike Word W-I-R-D. Like, you know, once yes. we learn the rules, we get to bend them, so. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, Mike. We appreciate you taking your time out to sit down and chat with us. We will definitely love to do a part two because lots of stuff that we've touched on briefly that I definitely would like to dive into more. It's an honor. Thank you guys for, you know, considering me and thinking about me to be part of this. Of course. You know, I can't I can't say enough, man. I can't even Most definitely. Um, you keep well to the listeners, y'all keep safe, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Peace. Yeah. Thanks for checking out today's episode. Really appreciate it. 
You can find this episode and previous ones on the feed section of the Peanut Gallery website, www.pntg.net, and on selected digital streaming platforms. And until the next time, take care.